Hello and welcome to this episode 12 of season 2 of Pullback Reveal with me Kev Rook and this episode's very special guest Lee Jones. Now Lee Jones is the owner of Ruffle Comedy Club in Newcastle under Lyme and he is also the owner of a couple of world titles in boxing. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Uh, he is a world current world champion boxer with a couple of belts to his name not bad going eh um so you can imagine quite a fascinating conversation this one uh, not just on the comedy side of things and how does a world champion boxer end up owning a comedy club uh, in newcastle underline but also it, we had to touch on the boxing a little bit and i know absolutely bugger all about it as will come across quite obviously uh, so sorry to boxing fans but that how often do you get to talk to a world champion in anything so even with my entry-level knowledge there was some stuff that I was really interested to ask him and to explore a little bit as well and we also get the flip side of the coin here talking to a club owner about the circuit what they think about the comedy industry and also the effect that the lockdown is having on them currently as well I'm not going to intro too long here because putting this together i've just realized it's quite a long episode about an hour and 20 minutes uh, that we spoke for and that's even with uh, editing some of it as well but the time absolutely flew by i'm sure it's going to for you listening as well check them out online all the links are on the show notes and also check out pull back reveal give us a follow like subscribe uh, chip in um all, all the rest of it it's all in the show notes i'm gonna get on so sit back relax put your feet up and enjoy a really interesting story with a remarkable man mr lee jones um so yeah i'm chatting uh today with lee jones who is the as you would have heard him say there um uh, but i'm gonna call him the the big cheese the big boss um, of his own comedy club. Um, do, you, do you go for the letters? Do you call it Ruffle? Do you go R-O-F-L? What's the... uh, I try to just avoid saying it altogether, really, because I, I don't really like the name that much, uh, and I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. Uh, I think most people call it Ruffle. Ruffle, Ruffle works. Yeah, I was sort of... Yeah, good. Glad. I'm glad you said what you did there, actually, because um, you get that with people's names sometimes. You realise you started talking to them, and you're like, I'm going to have to say their name in a second, <laughs> and I haven't got a fucking clue how to pronounce it. No, so I'm glad there's a bit of grey area around it for to you as well. Where did the name come from? Obviously, we know that it's like a acronym of something that's funny and, and humour. And... Um, yeah, well, essentially, it was uh, we didn't set, start the club uh, till 2014, when every useful and decent uh, domain name in the world had gone. Uh, so it was a question of what makes any sense at all that is still available, and that was one. So that's what we took. Fair enough, man. So, so simple as that, really. <laughs> your club is in Newcastle under Lyme, isn't it? Yes, yes. We yeah. moved. Well, we we moved there. We started off uh, in a little place called Burslem, which is um, just the, the sort of horrible area of the horrible town of Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, and then in September last year, we moved to a to a nice new place in Newcastle. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, so uh, have you constantly got that thing of Newcastle? No, not the 
one in the northeast when you uh well when i when i'm sort of booking the booking the comedians or whatever i will say newcastle i, I do put newcastle on the line but i then put in brackets in staffordshire not the proper newcastle because to me the the proper newcastle is northeast um obviously not to the people that live here no they think <laughs> they think this is the proper newcastle but i'm not i'm not from here um so to me, Newcastle, proper Newcastle is Newcastle on the line. Uh, Newcastle Fontaine, should I say? Yeah, no, um, fair, fair play. I I went to uni in Stoke for about eighteen months, which obviously well, isn't as long as a, a uni course normally is. Well, perhaps you should um, have tried harder with your A levels. I, I should have tried a bit harder. Yeah, I very um, no disrespect. It had its um, it had a certain charm. Um, let's describe it as that and. I very much enjoyed playing for the uni rugby team. That was good fun, but um, right. yeah, it it, it just um, I didn't I didn't find it inspiring to my learning. I'm, I'm unfortunately a little bit. I legged it back down south, not <laughs> after about a year and a half in, and like and got literally couldn't have gone further south. Ended up like finishing my course down in Portsmouth. Oh, so, right, okay. Yeah, literally like ran for. I was heading for France, weren't I? Basically, just trying to um, leg it. But no, I, yeah, I know Burslem, and obviously, I I was uh, living in Hanley as well. That's where I used to live. So yeah, all okay. Those well, bits. I've got a gym in Hanley. There you go. Yep. Um, so I was opposite the fire station, and okay. it's like a little. This would be no interest to anyone else. So you'll know where the fire station is. So and then the Smithfield pub was like next. Next door, there's like a row yes. of like three terrace okay. houses, and that's pub. apartments now, is it? Yeah, it's gone. The oh, Smithfield it's... apartments now, no, mate. That was, um, I mean, it was shite, it was, <laughs> it was horrible. Let's be honest about it. Um, well, I, I were, don't drink, so they, I wouldn't have gone there anyway. Oh, they were bloody good for they were good for a lock in back then. Um, yeah, a nice bunch actually. That you know, to be fair, like a proper stoke stokey pub you know northern sort of pub and right. to be fair to them they didn't once punch a group of twatty southern students the, you know the people, who, in, who, the people in stoke are really nice they're sort of hmm. cheerful and friendly and happy they're just um that's sort of in a bit of a time walk with the the place itself yeah it is sort of 50 years behind everywhere else it's the same sort of size do you know i think when i went to have a look around i think that was I had, must have had like um, my Dickensian glasses on or something because that was like part of the charm, like you, like mm. the open day that you went up for. And I really, lo- you know, like the pottery. Did you arrive on the train? I think, yeah, I did come in on the train. It's well, a nice the, station, the train, isn't it? The train station and the immediate area around it. If you, if you brought somebody in, they arrived by train and you picked them up uh, and drove them from there to our old place in Burzum. You could trick someone into thinking that it was a very beautiful, like a Canterbury type town, because there's a, there yeah, are yeah. some very nice, sort of beautiful buildings. Uh, and then there's the rest of it. Yeah, tr- no, the train station's a cracker. Yeah, it is really nice and a bit, yeah, all like, yeah, leafy and stuff directly outside it, I seem to remember. And mm. I saw the only other time I saw George Best in real life was that he was at Stoke train station oh, right. okay Pit, pissed as a fart by the looks of it out the window he was sort of like staggering about on the platform and okay. i was like <laughs> on the train but um yeah there you are oh, there you go i didn't it, well i knew obviously that we'd end up speaking about where your your club was and, and where it used to be and stuff but that was a nice trip down a uh, little trip down memory lane for me so 
your background, obviously, and you mentioned the, the gym and stuff there, and obviously people that follow you on social media will be aware because um, I'm not having a dig here, but you know, you're not um, you talk you talk about it and you share anecdotes and stories from your time of being what a pretty big deal in boxing. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm retired now. Um, yeah. Well, depending on how poor I get um, with the corona shutdown, the corona shutdown and stuff. Uh, but hopefully, I'm still retired. Um, so my last fight was uh, May last year in Budapest. Right. That recent. I didn't realise it had been that recent for you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I've still I still hold uh, three titles at the moment because you've got 12 months before you have to defend them. After right, 12 months, okay. they'll, they'll then tell you, fight this man or... Because I haven't told them that I'm retired because I want to keep the title. Oh, don't, um, don't worry. So, no one um, listens to this, so you'll be all right. So what's actually <laughs> happened now, because of the way that this has all worked out, I'll get to hold the title for a little bit longer because they won't be able to order me to box anybody. This is... Uh, so, it's, uh, so it's worked. It's, yeah, so... I mean, the, the, belts, you, you, the belt that you, you keep forever... Uh, with yeah. the title, obviously, after twelve, you can defend in the meantime if you want to, but after twelve months, they, the the governing body will then say, right, fight this guy, uh, and you either box him or you vacate your title. Oh, so that yeah, that will be then when you tell them like, oh no, nah, you're all right, I don't fancy, <laughs> yeah, don't fancy any of that. Fucking hell. So no, that's like uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't realise it had been that that recent that you've been doing it. So. Do you mind where I could afford to move to uh, to Newcastle? Yeah, how how old are you, Lee? Do you mind me asking? Uh, I am thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. Well, yeah, you don't don't risk it, mate. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah well, thirty six. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heavier weight, so the the oh, that's the about heavier, the heavier yeah. you are, the older you could go on. Thirty six is when you'd probably be thinking about retiring anyway. But then obviously I've got sort of quite a colourful medical history, and it's it's time for me to retire anyway. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Well, I've retired already three other times. This is the fourth time, but this is the only time that I've retired rather than I've been retired. Right, got you. So the the fight in Budapest then was that like a for one of the titles that you had? Uh, that was defending the WBF title and uh, challenging for WBU uh, world title, and that was the one that I wanted um, because that's the one that there's a there's a boxer called Roy Jones who was sort of like my Muhammad Ali or my Superman or whatever you want to call right. it. Uh, and that was the title that he held when he retired. Nice. Um, so that was the one that I wanted. Well, I did actually have uh, a possible fight with Roy Jones lined up for about eight or nine days and then it went away again, um, which I would, I would have done that one for free. Um, but that, yeah, it sort of came and went and he decided to stay retired after all. Man, what? Yeah, and like what? I'm, I'm like we could chat for hours on that because I must, you know, hold my hands up. My boxing knowledge is pretty much, you know, it's limited very much to like the main, the absolute mainstream. You know, sort of my knowledge doesn't go much further outside of that. Okay. Um, well, Roy Jones would be in any any conversation amongst people who are interested in boxing. Roy Jones would be in the conversation about who is the best that has ever been. Got you. People, yeah, Muhammad people Ali that actually like, know yeah, their anybody. stuff. And, yeah, and don't just like read the headlines and papers and go oh mm-hmm. he, he sounds like he must be good at <laughs> good at fighting which is like about what my knowledge was or um like really enjoying the rocky films when i was yeah i was gonna say when i was a kid but uh, to be honest i if one comes on late night tv um 
yeah, you can't can't beat that really. So your route then into comedy. So let me sort of try and work the timeline out for my own head and for listeners' heads as well. So your first club you said was Burslem 2014. Uh, yeah, October, right. yeah. Uh, October 2014 we opened. So how, why comedy then, Lee, if you've got gyms and boxing? And obviously, well, that's a few years ago, so you'd have been right, you know, definitely nowhere near retirement and right in the middle uh, of stuff well, then, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, I would have been, uh, I was in one of my retirements then, actually. Right. Because um, I've, I've, I've retired a lot. Um, so I've, um, <laughs> why have you retired so much, Lee? Well, uh, I know, like you've had medical issues, haven't you? Which is sort because, of because I'm, yeah, because I'm falling yeah. apart. Um, right, so I, reti- I retired once when I with uh, with a lot of back problems. I had to have a lot of surgery on my back. Uh, I retired once when I had cancer, and then I retired once when I had two bleeds on the brain. And fair, then fair enough, most recently, I've retired because I've I've won what, what I, I'm capable of winning, and. I've, my eyes are my eyes are getting a bit uh, unpredictable. They just work when they feel like it, and but it's probably about about time to just call it a day. And obviously, the it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like the commitment, even though my knowledge is little, as I said. But yeah, the commitment to saying that you're fighting, then it's your life, I guess, isn't it? And so yeah, every the, every yeah, decision. Yeah. Um, so people, people ask it, oh, how much did you get paid? Is that all anyone really wants to know? Oh, yeah. that, for 45 minutes work. But it's, it's 45 <laughs> minutes work. It's 45 minutes work plus the 12 weeks that go up to that, training two or three times a day and every single meal you can't eat what you want to eat and you get to bed at nine o'clock at night and, you know, it, it does take over your life. Well, yeah, and also 45 minutes of having the shit beaten out of you as well. Uh, like well, not, not me, because I'm I'm good. <laughs> I was imagining my, myself or one of those people that would go, "Oh, that much money for forty-five minutes work," and it's like, yeah, try and. I've only I haven't had to go twelve rounds once, um, which was October the year before uh, for a European title, uh, and that was just really because there's a clash of heads in round five, so I had a, a, a massive cut over my eye, um, so it was just trying to nurse that to the end without without getting open and getting the the, the doctor to stop it um so, but that's it well, about to go to 12 th- this might sound like this is a i was going to say sound like a stupid question it is a really stupid question are boxers like really are they t- <laughs> really tough and really good at fighting then or uh, are they just like because well, some of them are not yeah me. um yeah some of them are um, I mean, it's quite dangerous just to be tough, really, because you just take a beating. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's a lot more, there's a lot more thought goes into it than people realise, really. Um, and normally comes, Facebook is, after any big fight, especially an Amir Khan fight, there's this picture that, that does around uh, of, a, of a big fat guy with a bowl of, bowl of crisp balance on his belly. Yeah, and says, yeah. oh, I would use my jab more. Yeah, and yeah. Every, every sort of man of a certain age believes, oh, I could have been a boxer and I could have done this and I could have done that. But when you get someone in, get them to do a round or two of sparring and they, they realise there's a lot more to it than you think. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. It's not um, it's and, Because boxers are all morons as well, of course. Boxers are idiots. So if you yeah. think, well, an idiot can do it, of course I can do it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm yet to meet... Uh, 
a sort of a Mensa registered plasterer, but yeah. I can't plaster a wall. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, and like you said, it's not just the, unless you're a complete like beast slugger type boxer is just like you know well I won't move because I can take it you're thinking or like it must be mentally exhausting as well uh yeah um it's it's just down to um, you can beat someone who's a better boxer than you are or who's stronger than you are faster than you are it's just down to who can think the best way to to beat this puzzle in front of them right um and as much as I'm obviously a moron because I did box, I was a moron that had a little bit of intelligence and I could think the best way to beat people. And, and sorry, I was, we almost went towards the comedy then, but I got dragged back towards the, the boxing because it, it, is, it is like fascinating. Well, for me, because you don't, I don't often talk to someone that's, you know, holds world titles and, you know, has the, the balls or whatever, you know, I am, by the way, Lee, I am not one of those people that would ever watch boxing and go like, oh, I reckon I could have him. <laughs> you know, I'd I would, have more. I, I, yeah, I, I would just be like, I would, I, I would be, you know, I would, if they ever need someone to like go down within like a second or two to completely throw a fight and, and just to chuck a load of money at me, I'd, I'd do that, but I'd even be a bit nervous about doing that, to be honest with you. There's absolutely no way that I'd be willing to. Yeah, because, yeah, the, these guys, buddy, yeah, there's a lot of weight by those punches, isn't there? And, uh, yeah, if I, I can avoid getting my body or head in the way of that, then, I, you know, I pretty much have done most of my life. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd carry on from there. But, well, I no, mean, I, I try and avoid it. Yeah, I've, uh, no, it, it is fascinating because it's the the mentality, the mindset, like you almost hinted towards then, the deciding to go that route with your life. Obviously, it's something that you find out. You know, I've always played sports and did, you know, loads as a kid. Like I mentioned rugby, playing rugby for the union team. That was like my family's game and my dad was, you know, well, I, really, I my, really good. My school yeah. team. Um, but uh, I I like competing but I am not a team player right if if, if, if I was in a rugby team I mean I don't actually know that my my school rugby team was so good that I've got not a clue about the rules of rugby they would say get this over there or don't let them hit this guy and I would do that Um, but I like competing um, but I do not like losing and I do not like being in a team because if we win I feel like I've done it and if we lose I feel like these are the 10 pricks have done it and they've lost it for me got you um, got you so and it just, it just happened that boxing was what i could do tennis is sort of my go-to one of or what would you do if you weren't a boxer but i, I don't play tennis right. just for some reason i like the sort of one-on-one you're like of it. you're that guy that after the wimbledon final was um sat there with all the chris on his belly saying i'd use my drop shot a bit more yeah or, that's it or yeah <laughs> we're all guilty of it aren't we there is definitely well, I've, I play tennis once, and I don't know why anybody ever plays it more than once. So when somebody serves, they go, and you, it just flies away. So yeah. oh, should I serve again? No. Tennis is rubbish. <laughs> like people who smoke. And uh, I don't know if you do smoke or used to smoke or whatever, but... I whenever, used to. I'm a, well, I'm a vapor. I'm one of those, one of those pricks smokes, these days, yeah. Anybody that smokes, when you say, oh, do you remember your first one? They go, oh, yeah. 
it was it delicious? Do you think, oh my God, that's something they go, no, no, I was sick and I threw up and this happened. And but when somebody said, do you want another one? Why didn't you say, no? Yeah. Just, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, but then your your brain's probably wired a bit differently if you can handle a... Well, a, I've had two bleeds in my brain. My brain is definitely not wired the way it's... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, um, as you mentioned before, that was like one of your... Yeah, like that's, that's one of my retirements. Yeah. yeah, one of your many times that you've decided to call it a day. Um, yeah, don't don't do it. Don't do it again, mate. Unless like you know you really have to or sorry. If, but, I, if yeah, I got, try not I've got, to. I've got a figure in my head. If I got offered a certain amount of money, I would do it. And if the Roy Jones one came back, I would do it. But that's very. Both of those are very unlikely. So I'm probably retired. Good, good. I'm glad. Well, because you're you're here and we're talking, so let's. Uh, yeah, let, let's keep it, keep it. We don't need to like do the Rocky films, you know, and have you come back at, you know, sixty-five. Some, well, yeah, what? I, yeah, I was going. I was going to say way younger than that. He was in the last one, wasn't he? He was like some absolutely ridiculous age. Yeah. Um. So anyway, look, let's get. I'll, I'll probably, as you know, I jump around on these things. So I'll probably. So back to how we opened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're on okay. a, a retirement period. Uh, so we opened, um, the reason why, so I used to travel quite a lot, um, sometimes Manchester, mainly Birmingham, because Birmingham Glee was the first proper comedy club that I went to and the first comedy club that I loved. And still to this day, what I think is the second best comedy club in the country. Um, What's the first? <laughs> it's Rockwell Comedy Club. <laughs> um, so uh, I'd always sort of said that I would open a comedy club. And I don't know if I, I meant it or not when I said it at the time. Um, but then the reason I was retired at this particular time was because I had cancer, uh, and I had quite a lot of cancer in quite a lot of places. Uh, right, and they they expect it. They don't like to say this is your chance of being dead. They like to say this is your chance of living for five years. Right, um, my, my chance of living for five years was ten to fifteen percent. So that's to me eighty five to ninety percent chance that I will not live for five years. So as well, not got a great deal of time now. So. If I'm going to do it, might as well. Shall I do it? And I just happened to stumble across a, a cheap building in in Burslem uh, that had an alcohol license, so we could have a bar there. Um, so we just opened it. Um, didn't really know how to at the time. Just sort of bust it a little bit, and then worked it out from there. So, so why comedy then? I'd I sort of understand, or you know, it'd be more common for you know someone with a bit of money that they've earned, you know, from whatever source it might be but maybe you, you know you expect it a bit a bit more in sports it's quite you know more often isn't it you'll hear about people opening a restaurant or a bar you know yeah. probably one of, one of those two or a nightclub i guess they're the three that you hear of sort of people from a sports background decide to put some money into um what was your link to comedy was it just being a fan or was it uh, it's like just more I, used to it? To, I used to travel back and forth to comedy clubs uh, yeah. in any direction to get to one uh, and I'm a I'm a deeply miserable person. It takes <laughs> f- at least four people a week to keep me sort of happy enough. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, so that's why. Yeah. We yeah we do we do find the common denominator is in a lot of people being a miserable bastard to um, decide to get into <laughs> anything related to yeah the comedy industry at all. Um, which yeah, when you always talk to non comedy people or normal people as i tend to call them um 
yeah, they always expect that. They're like, oh, it must be a great, you know, laugh a minute. And, you know, oh, you must have so much fun. It's like, no, people are normally quite miserable that you're, <laughs> that you're knocking about with. So the club in Burzum then, you've mentioned, like, obviously the, the move. How, like, how long were you there for? Uh, it was there for a long time. It was there for uh, four and a half years in the end. Right. Um, so it wasn't really, it, it, I mean, it's a very sort of shabby make do sort of place. It was just, uh, it was a, a very nice, like a lot of soccer, a very nice looking old building from the outside, uh, but just freezing cold and painted black and a stage at one end of the bar at the other. Um, and two incredibly rustic effects bathrooms. Um, nice. it was, you know, it was, it, it did the job at the time and it was, um, it was sort of open by accident, really, just because of force into it or you haven't really got much time to do stuff if you want to try it then try it um and it just sort of what? ticked over it wasn't really a business it was sort of like a, a hobby a yeah hobby yeah really, i suppose it was only what? one night a week it was saturday nights God, i was gonna ask yeah sort of like uh, yeah how, how many nights were you running it and what sort of nights were you running back then when you started to remember lineups and who you uh, had like those first few when I first ever opened, I, I literally had not a clue how to how to run a comedy club, or I certainly did not know at the time that there are five hundred thousand comedians for every spot that you advertise. Um, <laughs> oh, you did so on the forums, did you? That was uh, one of your I first places. Know, I did not no. know that they existed at the time. So uh, for the first the first probably couple of months, maybe um, I used uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, there were chap from Funhouse, Spiky Mike. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, he booked shows for me, and uh, also Alex Petty booked some shows. I sort of alternated them. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and then uh, I just sort of got to know how things work and how it's done, and sort of booking my own shows. But that, that's the thing, isn't it? You do a few nights, and then you're the like... The first act... The first act that I ever actually booked for myself, I I ended up getting one. I can't remember who it was that booked the rest of the show, but I booked one act because <laughs> I'd uh, seen her on a bus in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Festival, uh, and then so they booked the rest of the act to fill around the the spot that the space that was left, and then from that point I just booked my own acts. Uh, when I realised it was as simple as saying, "Will you come and do this?" and they said yes or no. Um, yeah, that everyone in the world is a comedian. Um, <laughs> And then obviously you start to realise the different levels, and just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So, for example, I've had many people say, "Oh, well, you know, I do weekends at the comedy store. I've headlined. No, sorry, I've headlined weekends at the comedy store." And what they mean by that is, I went on last on a Sunday. So, like new, I, new, new material night or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like a gong, like a gong show, or you know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I think if they've um, so, they've been on last at the Gong Show and they're saying they've headlined yeah, at, at the I've store there, right? At the comedy store. Um, <laughs> oh, amazing! Because that's what I like about you on um, on those socials. That oh, can you remember? Well, it must be. It's nice to think back to the time when you didn't know about all the the forums and, like you said, the you know posts that you're looking for a spot and the five thousand messages that you'll get from yeah. there and obviously wading through the the stuff and and it, it is difficult isn't it because obviously i haven't got a club but i run nights 
well, it was starting to get quite regular until all the shit that's going on at the moment is obviously like everyone else throwing a bit of a spanner in the works again. And it, it, it takes a while, doesn't it, to sort of find the good people really and, you know, sort of learn it yourself. You know, all oh, right, they're my go-tos. But then it, it, it does. But when, when I started getting that, that must, type of thing, and be, I, I realised quite quickly. So I only then booked people that I had seen somewhere. Yeah. Um, so we, we we used to do then was um, it sounds like I'm being horrible, but it's just it, I'm I'm not being horrible. It just might sound like it. But I would book a, a proper MC, um, a decent opener, and then a, a proper closer. And then in the middle, we'd normally put a couple of open spots. And then if an open spot was good, we'd try them as the opener. Got you. Um, which is that format's changed a little bit since we've moved now because we only have proper full time, proper proper pros. For, for all four all four spots um, so we don't do any open spots or anything now yes yeah, so, so let's go into like then the move because obviously what you've you've got now at, at ruffle is it well it's a much bigger prop proper is maybe the wrong word to use but um, no, proper is the right word yeah <laughs> it's Definitely. a a substantial real proper comedy club isn't it so yes what what was the was was it just that like you thought oh look Burslem is all right but we can do so much more and you know to, to push on obviously I guess if you were starting to think about retirement a bit more as well that maybe I don't know did you have one eye on that uh perhaps a little bit um essentially what happened was I used to have a, a girl that used to run the place when I wasn't there which is most of the time um who uh, so she used to run the bar and could only need one or two people to run it. It was a really sort of small little affair. Yeah. Um. So she uh, she left to set up her own little business. Uh, so I ended up whilst sort of deciding who I was going to get to to replace her, covering the bar myself and being there myself a lot for a few months. And uh, every single time, even though we've been there for more than four years, every single time I was there a number of people would make a point of, oh, how long has it been here? We didn't know it was here. It's so good. I can't believe it. Oh, it's been here all this time when we didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I just, um, I had that in my mind. I happened to see a place that's right next door to it, an enormous supermarket in uh, in, in Hanley, um, which was to let. And I thought, well, I think, I'm, I think I should move. And if I, had that, if I took on that place, I just put some good signs up. And no one will ever, ever, ever say that to me again because after a week, everyone in the world will know where it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, it happened that I, I then sort of had in my mind that I wanted to move. That place actually fell through, um, and as did another couple of places, which now we're, we ended up where we are. I'm glad that they fell through. Um, but I sort of, once it was in my mind, I, I wanted to move from Burzum. And then the more I looked around Burzum, it was just a, an area that was sort of a bit unloved and a bit dying and a bit on the edge of town. and you have to pay for parking, but you can't get any money because there's no cash points. But you don't need any money because there's no shops. And right, um, so I just sort of got a bit. I was when I'd wake up on a Saturday morning, I'd already be a bit sort of not not depressed exactly, but sort of a bit, a bit gloomy just because I knew that I was going to Burz on that night. Yeah, um, and well, I think it's all, all those bits like you like whether it's exactly those items or or bits like that. But I think like lots of owners and promoters even you know have been on those kind of journeys and it's only experience that you know all of a sudden it is like you said you know you kind of go hang on there's no like where do people park when they come here or yeah what's 
the signage like how do people actually know where we are and it and yeah. it you, you need to go on that journey almost and unless you're i don't know coming from a place of millions and millions of pounds to throw at something and therefore you can just bring in every expert and you know pr person and yeah and everyone else in you know right from the start or you've you've already got a brand and you're just taking it to another new town and therefore you you're replicated by that stage as well of well even yeah. even that doesn't even that doesn't always work no um so when i once I, when i opened uh the first raffle shortly afterwards i thought oh i think i'm probably just going to close this um because uh glee opened in hanley right uh but it turned out it wasn't a proper glee it wasn't a comedy club it was a comedy night that looked like a comedy club in the basement of a nightclub in Hanley, but it was only once a month, and they had they they did up the the sort of side entrance so it looked like its own comedy club, right? But then it just actually went to the basement of a nightclub, and it was just a, a comedy night once a month, so it didn't end up it didn't really matter in the end. Um, but if that, if that, if Cleo opened as a proper comedy club, I, I, I would have just closed probably. Yeah, well, it, uh, it, and, and it, gone there. It, it it's tricky because I've seen you posting, and I won't sort of mention the reasons of maybe why you were posting it on the forums but you've been doing some research into like where clubs are and like how many actual real comedy clubs there are in the uk haven't you the problem the problem comes because i'm the only person it seems it seems like i'm the only person that says comedy club and means a place that exists with bricks and chairs yeah Um, and i i sort of differentiate between a comedy night and a comedy club and it sort of seems to confuse everybody else because nobody else seems to do that um, so there's a recent thing uh, about junglers and somebody trying to bring junglers back to life and then deciding not to and all of that. Oh, but they had 18 clubs at the height. And I still don't know how many actual comedy clubs junglers had, if they ever had any. Because the only one I know was a company, a jungler's night above a nightclub in Broad Street in Birmingham. Right. Uh, and it sounds like they had a lot of nights in other people's nightclubs and that kind of thing. But I can't get a, an answer of how many actual clubs they had yeah, and i don't i still don't know if they had any yeah i'm or sure the one that or... i'm sure i'll be corrected very quickly if i'm wrong but i'm so i recall there was one in manchester that was near to like the gay village canal street area i'm okay. sure that i'm sure that was an, a nightclub in its own right and like you know had you know it wasn't so i i get what you mean a building that is purposefully there for the sole purpose of being a comedy club. So, you know, yeah. And then I I almost get what other people are saying because they'd say, oh, there's, oh, yeah, there's a comedy club in X town or whatever, you know. It's the the third Thursday of the month. Yeah. Well, well, that's it. To me, that's a comedy. And it's not that they're worse or whatever, but it's just a different thing to me. Well, of course it is because you're not gambling 100 percent of your money on booking comedians and getting audiences that are solely coming there for that if you yeah if you're doing one night a month you're you're a yeah, well, pub a bar that. or restaurant or something else aren't you you're not making your income from comedy yeah exactly um well there's a, a lot obviously a lot of people are worried now about their finances and what's going on with this uh coronavirus and stuff and there's quite a few people say oh well it doesn't really seem fair because because I haven't got premises, I don't get the grant of ten grand or twenty-five grand or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but they also don't have the rent to pay and the gargantuan electric and you know um, oh, the dealing with the breweries and 
yeah, yeah and exactly, yeah. every so other sucker um, from there there's because uh, I've also now bought the bar below uh, Ruffle in Newcastle so there's uh, about six grams worth of beer that's just got to go down the drain um, and you don't even no, drink like you mentioned I, so. I don't even drink so I couldn't even bring it home with me you could like I don't know if it's got another purpose or use. It probably hasn't. I'd imagine. I don't know. There's be some rednecks somewhere in some deep American state probably I'm running sure someone, tractors yeah, off sure of someone it. Would drink it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone would. Yeah, you should. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you could. Oh, well, be wet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just mix it all together. And, yeah, 20, 20p a pint. I'll leave it outside. Come bring a ladle and a, a, a bottle or something to fill up from the the water butt outside. You probably, to be, I could have done a really cheap joke about Stoke then and said you'd have got loads of takers, but that would be, that would be belayed no, about. But, I, I, wouldn't, but, I wouldn't go there. But Newcastle's the fancy area. Exactly, of course. So you'd have to drive it into town. Drive In it fact, down to those Smith, Smithfield flats and just leave well, it the, outside. The people, of, the people of Newcastle were very angry in there. Uh, and sort of put out if you if you say that they're part of Stoke on Trent. Yeah, I I, so, I bet so. Yeah, I did used to know um, the whole the whole place that... is very territorial. So if when yeah. I say Stoke, because I'm not from here, I mean the whole of this area into Newcastle yeah. and all of Stoke on Trent. Whereas the people that live here, when they say Stoke, they mean these twelve streets that are Stoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, what is it? The seven? There's the initial so, seven six, towns. Six towns. Six, six yeah, towns, six isn't towns. it? Yeah. Yeah, which confuses the fuck out of some southern softy that moves up to uh, to go to uni there. Like you said, especially when all the lo- you ask for directions or help or something, and everyone's so territorial about what area you're in. Like that's more important than what you're actually, you know. Like, okay, well, I don't care where I actually am. Can you just tell me where, you know, how to get to that place? You know. I mean the post office, whatever well, fucking I'm area the, you want to I'm say. There's people that will yeah. just direct you anyway, even if I don't know. And yeah. I just wonder if you ever found it. <laughs> yeah, you might have. When was I? We're going to have to. I'm going to have to work out this timeline. You, I might have yeah. bumped into you. 150 yards, turn left. When you get to Rand Bay, straight over. I don't know where they're going. Just, just far enough away. Yeah, away yeah. from you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the this proper club and then you bought the bar underneath so what you obviously you're on more than one night a week now then aren't you uh yeah we're thursday friday saturday so we cool. do um we do a solo show on a thursday and then we do a normal three act mc club night on a friday and a saturday uh and then we did have because obviously i've got the place for whenever so I, I did have just because that that's when i could get them some really good shows booked in for uh like a, a Sunday, just like a, a matinee yeah. type show. Uh, so we're gonna just we're just gonna try that with uh, like a, a meal and a show, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but because of this now, it's it's not gonna work out. The first one would have been the tenth of May. Right, right. And obviously, I've seen your lineups on online that you get now, and you you well, it's, it's top drawer, isn't it? It's as good as, as you're gonna find anywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I think we book the, the strongest lineups anywhere, really. Um, there's a, on the whole, we only book now proper closing level acts for begin for opener, middle, closer. Yeah. Um, obviously, Koki Falco's sort of resident MC and is there 
nearly all the time, unless he's got sort of filming or something, then we'll we'll sort of draft in a, a guest MC. Um, but yeah, we've been, but but really strong lineups. The place is not the biggest. It's never going to be the biggest. It's a, we cap it at 100 seats. Uh, so legally, we can get 260 in there. Um, but then it would be like a lot of the, the comedy nights in someone else's area where they're not, if they're not getting any money from the bar, you just want to cram people in. And yeah, yeah. I obviously need them to come back week after week after week. Uh, we do like season tickets. So we've got a few people that literally do come to two shows a week. Um, how so, were you, how were you welcomed into Newcastle then? Was it something that, you know, people were, oh, thank God, you know, there's something, something else here you mentioned before obviously that you're in the the better area and and everything now there wasn't any snobbery towards you was there uh no there wasn't but i don't think that actually that anybody knew that it was something moving i think they all thought it was something new so i was right. quite, quite shocked i was expecting uh i was expecting to to sell out uh, certainly the first couple of weekends um, yeah. just because we've been going for four and a half years. We closed for all of August while we moved, and then we moved, We opened up on the first uh, first Friday of September. Right. Uh, and I, I was expecting that everyone that had been coming there for the last four and a half years, they definitely want to want to see the new place, because we've been yeah. a lot of regulars coming, not necessarily every week, but once a month or whatever, and, and coming all the time. Uh, but as soon as we moved, because people are so territorial in this area, hardly anybody came with us. Uh, right. It was we we get all the the stats from the bookings and stuff, and it's something like ninety one percent new bookings. Right, um, bloody hell! But it was uh, but it was it's obviously now open. When we first moved, we opened only Fridays and Saturdays, so it wasn't Thursdays just then. Uh, but it was, uh, it was selling out week after week. Uh, but all new people. There's started to be a few of the uh, the the guests from the old place started to come along now. Um, but it's mainly people from SD5 postcode, which is just Newcastle on the line. Right. So and all that, of SoCon Trent is, is not coming. Yeah. But, like, not willing to travel people, over so. the border or something. Yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, it's exactly that. But I only need 100 people, so it doesn't matter. As long as 100 people are there, it doesn't matter to me where they've come from. No, but it, yeah, I, I, obviously. But, I, but it was a surprise. It was a real surprise that they didn't come with us. There's, there's one couple who are sort of, quite famous amongst the comedians themselves now who come literally every show and they come from Leek, which is probably, I don't know, 15 miles away or something. Yeah. Um, but generally it's the, the immediate area around the club. Yeah. It, it, as I've already said, you know, I, I only know it from the, the promoter side, not from the owner, the promoter and owner of the venue side. But mm. um, yeah, that whole fucking selling tickets thing and uh, constantly, looking at the numbers and because it's all so online and app based and all that sort of stuff. Now, you know, you can literally every, well, as quick as you could be pressing that button, you can be getting updates on all the stats and how stuff's going. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah we you, do that with you, the, the tickets online. And then also the, uh, the point of sale. So the tills in the bar downstairs and the comedy club all go on and onto an app. So I can see what's happening and what's, what sells well and what doesn't sell and, you know, that kind of thing. So we can, change the bar if there's a i don't know a particular beer or something that that isn't really selling then we can replace it with something else that people might like instead and so yeah it's, it's helpful it's, for that as well it, it's it, it's great for analyzing stuff but it's maybe not so great for your mental health sometimes and again i think that's something you learn over the years when it comes to the, the um, ticket, well, not, ticket selling isn't it 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a warrior, so I don't worry about it that way. But you, you're meaning it's become like original Big Brother when you're just transfixed to it and looking at nothing else for hours. Yeah, and and I've learned uh, not to now. Again, you know, that's like a bit of a journey that I've had to go on of a kind of you. You know that I think you know that if you're doing stuff right, if you're putting on the right sort of acts, you know, you've done your preparation. So for me, I'm always in other people's venues, but I'm very selective about the venues that. I'll work with you know that I'll use because my approach is always where it has to work the night has to work for me obviously but it it, it, you know it's sort of like everyone's on an equal pedestal between working for me working for the comedians as being very important you know it's so important to me that comics coming along have a good night as well because like you all know it's that word then goes that goes around the circuit doesn't it you know and what you want is people going away and going that was fucking good fun um well, have I, you, I have you played the there yet I, yeah I, I do really try and look after the comedians but i do have a, a horrible personality so i don't think many of them will like me but i do think that most of them will like playing at the club yeah um, so, so and before but I behind the exterior place. yeah you 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 love them more than you're letting on maybe than they nah <laughs> <laughs> Um, this oh, the new place, I did go to <laughs> tons and tons, oh, basically every outside of London, because London's a, a separate country in terms of anything to do with entertainment. I think, yeah. Um, but I did go to pretty much every comedy club outside of London, um, just to see how do they do this, how do they do that, what good ideas have they got that I can steal, what did I think was rubbish that I can avoid, um, yeah, to to try and make mine again. I, I do, I know probably most people will say it, but I really do believe that the Ruffle is the best uh, in terms of the way that we look after the acts, the green room that the acts have got, um, the way that we take the, the guests through to their seats, the type of, just the, the seats that they've got, so they're not crammed in on yeah. IKEA folding chairs, elbow to elbow, holding their one pint of beer in the hand. Uh, yeah. We've got sort of big leather Chesterfields and nice sofas and nice seats and Everyone's got a table so you can put drinks down and food down and they're not just feel like they're crammed in. Um, so it's, it's still a good atmosphere. They're not sort of the two metre. They're not social distancing while they're in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. But not yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, they're, they're, they're comfortable, but they're, it's still a nice atmosphere. And it's uh, sort of, but more, I can't say premium exactly, because it's probably also the cheapest tickets of any comedy club in the country. Um, but we try and look after people really well and we try and want, rather than get 200, we, legally we can get 260 people in there, but rather than get yeah. 260 people in there who thought, yeah, that was all right, I want 100 people in there to think it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I no, need them to come next week and the week after and the week after. Well, so yeah, and, we'll no, and, it, and do you know, it's amazing how often, I think I've said this before, if not on the pod, definitely on conversations where people have, it's amazing normally in conversations about comedy, but in a lot of different entertainment stuff I've been dabbled in over the years that the audience side, you know, their experience and and what they will get from the night. It's amazing how late in the conversation and in the planning of stuff that you normally hear it come up. Um, you know, it's almost like an afterthought a lot of the, a lot of the time. Um, but you, you're so right, and especially obviously where you know you've got that bricks and mortar interest in it as well, is that yeah that repeat custom. But it, you know even for those monthly nights out there, you know it's in in localized areas where 
you know, all, all those months, you know, monthly nights that are going on, they're not getting people travelling from miles and miles away. You know, yeah, there'll be the odd exception, I'm sure, of someone would be able to give me an anecdote of, you know, Betty and Bill that travel 200 miles, you know, on the first Thursday of the month, you know, and haven't haven't missed one in 20 years or something. But generally speaking, you've got that local population that you've, as if it was a restaurant that you owned or whatever it was, yeah, you know, yeah, if, similar. if they come along and it's... um the, the food shit or you know they they're sat right by the toilets or by the door that squeaks all night and all, all the rest of it um it's where where i was saying before you know especially with the experience of planning a comedy festival not getting to run the comedy festival yet <laughs> unfortunately um but you know i was i was asked you know to buy venues to include them in it and actually you know turn down more people than we we had on board in the end, but just because it was like, this isn't going to work for, you know, even just, you know, one-off shows during a festival. And yeah. what I, what I wouldn't want to do is go to a venue and say, Oh yeah, you can have a comedy night. If in your heart of hearts, you know, like this room's not right for it or, you know, what they're thinking yeah. of, you know, what they can do here is, it isn't going to be right. And and part of that though, is me thinking, well, actually that's going to be detrimental for the venue as well. Um, Cause yeah, we could, we could put up posters. We could get hundred people down there next Friday night for you, but they might be 60% of those people might never have been in your venue before. And if they come along and have a shit night, well, it's going to be crap for you, crap for me, crap for the act, but then crap yeah. for an audience that aren't going to come back when... Well, a, a, a bad comedy night just kills everybody. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it took a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of education for, for us to teach people what a comedy night actually is and so because there just hasn't been one. Um, so, you know, just for people to understand that it's not like watching TV. Um, yeah. And there's, uh, there's just not comedy in Stoke-on-Trent. There's, there's two... Um, there's two other sort of comedy nights, like monthly nights. Um, yeah. One of which, I mean, obviously I'd rather that it was no comedy nights uh, apart from mine, obviously. Um, but there's uh, one which is um, in a, another ropey sort of area of Stoke-on-Trent. But yeah. they put on proper shows. Right. So at the very least, Got if you. someone goes there, they might come to mine. If someone comes yeah. to mine, they might go to... Oh, no, sorry, there's three. There is three. Uh, so there's two that put on good, good lineups. Um, not nearly the the type of venue that mine is. Not nearly as nice an experience and more expensive, bizarrely. Um, but right. we do put on good nights. So I, if there's got to be shows locally, I'd rather they were good shows. There's one which is a gong show. And right. Okay. I don't I don't like gong shows because the people doing them generally, well, not generally, but very often, are not really ready to be putting out the material in front of a, in front of a, the type of audience that gong shows promote and I, I don't know why I mean obviously it works for people because every other club does gong shows Yeah. but I think that what you're doing is on Thursday night teaching the audience to be pricks and behave badly and then saying on Friday and Saturday no 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 you don't do that now, now you shut up and listen um, so that's why we did it in December we did the World One Liner Championships and we had like a, a boxing type belt that was yeah I saw and, that, yeah that looks price. amazing so yeah. we did that, and the, again, the place sold out, and it was great. But it was the, the whole thing was I was trying to think of a format where I could get some. So we had established acts and new acts, and people that are just sort of breaking into 
paid work and you know that kind of, so it's a, a real sort of cross cross section of, of the different levels of acts but I wanted a way to get newer acts on the stage that was positive and didn't have yeah. people getting booed off or gonged off or red cards so that's why there was uh, sort of three sections of a four acts and everyone had a little voting card and they put their marks out of 10 and they got collected up in each interval and then we awarded the winner so rather than saying who was shit it's who did you love who was the best which one would you yeah, like the yeah. most so it was sort of a way to get some sort of po- a, a new act with some sort of positive answer otherwise what happens is on gong shows people seem to drive for three hours get their guaranteed minute gong and then they're off and three hours home again yeah yeah, and you know, I get why from you know, I've partaken in in those a few times, you know, back in the day and stuff. And it's, it, it's but again, a catch I'm not 20... saying that they're wrong. I'm saying no, that I don't want to do. No, it. no, my my views is you know, no, someone taking part. Well, I I would never. I don't think I would ever promote one. I'd I'd much rather do a competition of sorts, like you were saying, where people get a set period of time, but where the audience. Uh, are primed and sort of encouraged, you know, and sort of that because you have to always, you find with an audience, you need to, you would need to educate them on their role a little bit, don't you? Like you were like pertaining to there of, I'll oh, be a prick on a Thursday, but then on Friday we want you to be, you know, shut the fuck up or you're going to get yeah, dragged, no heckling on a Friday, gonna get going to get kicked out kind of thing. It'll be like, well, I was here yesterday and um, someone gave me a <laughs> like a klaxon or something to be a prick yeah, with exactly. you know what what the hell are you talking about so um well, for, but yeah, exactly it's... that reason we don't do walk-ins either we only if you haven't booked you're not coming in that's it um so it's right, pretty much only we don't do any walk-ins that's because, interesting i didn't know that but that way we we've in all and since we've been at the new place I haven't had thrown anybody out but all the time with the old place four and a half years but i had to let i had to throw people out six times right um, but that's because they came for comedy and then they accidentally got a bit too pissed got rather you. than staggering from bar to bar. Oh, what's going on in here? Let's go in here for an hour. Um, so it's bookings only. If you're not booked, I'm, I'm really sorry. We're, we're full, but you can book for next week. Here's the website. You can book for next week. No, that, that's an interesting take because uh, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, would be more focused on the, the money again, wouldn't they? On And the income of... But it's well, I've, I've, I've gaining, seen it. I've, yeah, gaining I've, that that twenty pounds tonight might make the, the, the ten people think, "Oh, that's rubbish." They don't control bit of people going wild and shouting and swearing and a jungler's type uh, stag yeah, type well, thing. We don't I've, we don't encourage any of that. I've I've seen it myself, and I've probably been guilty on it. In you know, we're talking like twenty years ago. You know, promoting a night a one-off monthly night, you know, 20 years ago, and you'd be like, oh, numbers look a bit low. And then well, it's always five, five minutes, money. yeah, five minutes before they start, especially those sorts of nights, you know, when you're a, a newbie and everything, you know, and you're just like, oh, fucking hell, you know, and it's, you know, I need a few quid from this or this is my bus fare home kind of thing, you know, well, and a bag of chips sort of thing, you know, I need a few well, more it, people. It in is always it's... difficult to say no to money. Yeah. However, um, I have been very rich and now I'm very poor. And I'm sort of used to being poor now, and I would rather be right than rich. Yeah. So that's how I, 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 I do things. I mean, ideally, I would like to be right and rich. But if I could only be one, well, <laughs> I'd be right, because that's more important to me. It's, to me, it's more important to be right than it is to be happy. 
Well, um, yeah, and that's probably uh, and so yeah, that's an- why another part of oh, your psyche come on, there, you isn't could it? Squeeze us in there. Well, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to because that is not what we do. Yeah, these are the rules, and we'll for next week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was, I was going to say, I sort of sure it's happened. I've got unless it was a bad dream I had, but yeah, five minutes before a show starting, going, oh great, look, here's a group of twenty. Here's a group of twenty have just have just rolled up. Like, yeah, brilliant. We're gonna have a great night now. And then it wearing matching comedy absolute, t-shirts. Yeah, being like an absolute shitstorm of of a night. And um, I'm sure I've been on it the other side of a uh, of watching other promoters when I've been an act get excited about you know come in and go. Oh, don't worry. We've just had a really big group turn up. And and then wondering why all the comedians had looked really miserable, you know, like yeah. Well, oh, I, I a group have... that have turned up one minute before showtime possibly aren't going to be what we were I, after I tonight. I really like loads and loads and loads of couples. That's what I like. Yeah, I'd much rather do that than have uh, a, a, a stag do of thirty lads in and a hen well, do of thirty <laughs> girls in. I'd rather have just have a load of couples or groups of four. Yeah, yeah, and and I. I've, pro- I've probably had difficulties with couples at night, but you're right, they're less likely to wind each other up and to be, yeah, egging each other on to be idiots, aren't they? I think when when you're with your partner, you're a bit more self-conscious about what other people might think of you rather than the bravado that you get of two of your workmates um, when all you want to do is show off, isn't it, basically? So it's, um, yeah, it's tricky. And I've completely got over that nervousness of you know 20 years ago when it would have been like oh shit i'm gonna have to ask them to leave or i'm gonna have to ask them to be quiet you know i've it, i'm glad to say i've got to that stage now and i've got absolutely no issue whatsoever about getting someone out you know if they're ruining the night for everyone else yeah. or well, you know having any it, impact do, on it um, i don't look forward to it but i don't, I don't no. worry about it but we have it set up so when they book their tickets they automatically get a confirmation page which tells them the rules of the night, which no one ever reads, but it's there anyway. But they also get an email, which has got all the rules, and so this are the intervals, and you can get the toilet, and keep your trap shut, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but then, it's usually me that does it. On the Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I will greet people, they check in, and I take them to the seat, and I, whilst we walk in, I sort of explain how it's going to work, and what, what the rules are. Yeah. And I sort of say it, I sort of say it like I might be joking, that I'm going to bounce them down the stairs, but I do also mean it. And then if they talk during the show, well, ask them nicely once. Ask them a little bit rudely a second time, and then third time they just get kicked out. But it's a long time since I've kicked anyone out. Yeah, I I have one not too distant past where they had clearly been on a pub crawl, three guys, you know, before they got to the venue. Yeah, they'd clearly been other places and um, wanted to sit in a weird place as well. You know, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even conform to sitting in the areas that you were meant to really be sitting in in this venue, you know, for watching. So it was right. like straight straight away, like, oh, for fuck's right, how long, you know, start the timer kind of thing, you know, how long until these guys are just chatting and, and whatever. And it was literally during during the first act. Um, and I, I just went over to my approach on that one was just, nip it in the bud and I just went straight over to him and said look guys I'm really sorry but I, you know I I think that we're probably going to have a, a problem you know you guys are clearly up for a chat and a bit of a laugh amongst yourselves which is absolutely fine but this isn't the place for it so I, I just said to him 
look, I'll do you a favour. Because it's the first app now, if you want, I'll happily give you your money back. If you decide that you'd rather go somewhere else and carry on your night there. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, oh, actually, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we will. Oh, thanks. You know, so it's sort of like completely, they actually left saying like, oh, thanks. We appreciate that rather than yeah. it being one where it, if I'd have let it get to, well, you wouldn't want someone to sit through two year apps and not pay for any of it as well by that point, would you either really? So it was kind of a, yeah, allowed me to get rid of them nice and early on. I was going to ask actually, do you wear the, when you're walking people to your seats, are you wearing your belts, your title belts as well when you walk them over? Just to... uh, generally, yeah. When I, I when I wake up in the morning, it's part of getting dressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, that would be one way. The to... comedy club or whatever. Um, yeah. Now, I don't, I, bizarrely, I don't actually like to bring up boxing in a room full of men who have likely to have quite a few beers. So. Yeah. Uh, Koki, for some reason, likes to tell people while he's on stage. So once, <laughs> once, once every couple of months, I'd sort of tell him off a little bit. Because um, I don't want loads of pissed lads thinking about boxing. No. Uh, I just want no, to sit definitely and watch comedy. And... Well, like um, you said as well, it's, the, it's that one who thinks, well, I could probably be a professional boxer in a fight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You're sowing the seed of that, that little idea to go to someone then, aren't you? Yeah, I can... I can see why you would, um, yeah. Well, I've not, I've not really got the, I, I've got no problem with um, just it, out in the general world. I mean, I, I I like the quiet life and I don't go out in the world. But when I was a younger man and I used to go out, I, I've got no problem when someone starts mouthing up. Oh, no, you're joking. Look how big you are. Or give them a little moment. Yeah. And they just wander. And they've got a story to tell for the next week and I just live my life and don't care. Um, yeah, so I've not, yeah, I've it's. I've not got that option when I'm at the comedy club, but I've got to keep control of what's going on. Um, so I, that's why I much prefer not to not to bring it up. I like to have a nice, quiet, peaceful <laughs> life. What I used to be really bad for when I was sort of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and stuff. But before Twitter, when my day, Twitter and Facebook used to buy it for forty-five p from the news agency. You used to go on big sheets of paper, and uh, yeah, you used to have a local. Uh, a local paper and I would be in it um, so you'd right. get divvy, divvy young lads that had a few beers want to mouth off and that kind of thing and uh, I w- it was where I went to school which is called Newport which is only a very small little town um, so it's very easy to find out where someone lives so what I used to be really bad for is letting them have their moment on Saturday night right? and at 7 o'clock Sunday morning going and banging on their door yeah. And obviously, we're, only, we're, all, we're all only young, so it's normally their mum that comes to the door. So, is uh, James in or whoever it was? And then James would come to the door holding his bowl of cereal in his dressing gown. So, yeah. But, but thinking about what you're saying last night, I think you're right. I think we should fight. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're not as confident on a Sunday morning as you are yeah, on a exactly. Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not as good at many things on a, a Sunday morning. Definitely not as you, you think you might be. A few hours. Well, I, I, I yeah, might not before be that. Either. It's just, uh, but acting confident makes people think that you are. So, yeah, yeah, and I uh, guess that's, uh, yeah, part of, part of the show, and probably helps with um, what you're you're doing now as well. Have you, as a venue owner, have, have you got like a special hotline to the government, and have they given you any insight into how long it might be before stuff can get going again? Uh, yeah, this weekend. 
Is it? Yeah, it's yeah, going to be it. Boris is going to let us know. Back, yeah. back, back to normal this weekend. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, I, I would expect. I would expect now. We, if we're if we're just past the the peak, I would expect five six weeks, and then it's going to be a staggered back to normal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, so yeah. I maybe you've got this. With, I shouldn't say too much. I might get someone in trouble. Um, but anyone who knows me, it'd be really obvious, but then that's all right. Cause they know me. Okay. Sorry. I'm just going through my, uh, get out clause in my head. So I, um, someone that works in a gym, um, and there's like the governing body. Is that the wrong words or something like that? And I think they've started to be, they've been told about reopening in May for gyms to reopen during May. I don't know if that's something that's got through to you at, at your uh, gym or not, but no, that's the message that they're being told. Uh, I suspect that that's not... I don't want to say a lie, but not true. Right, um, okay. I think people are just uh, interpreting the rules as best as they can and trying to work out if they can open. Um, we will just be staying closed until we can properly open. Uh, yeah, because... not going to go for this. Only so There's many people no in the gym at one time and all that sort of well, stuff. It's... It's it's very difficult to punch someone from two meters away. True. Um, I'm yeah. not saying it can't be done, but uh, <laughs> it's difficult. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is a, a gym gym as well, so it, it, it theoretically could open and we could train people and stuff. But it's just it's I don't think it's worth aggravation trying to trying to make something work when it when it doesn't. Um, so. Have you have you gone down the route of online? entertainment or even gym stuff this person i know their gym does uh classes and and stuff like that as well obviously the thing is everyone's up to it aren't they in comedy at the um we're, so not, we're not doing online we're not doing online stuff uh yeah the gym or the comedy club uh the, the gym we've got like uh like little facebook groups and whatsapp groups and stuff and people sharing right today we'll do this and that kind of thing but not doing like a, a joe a joe wicks follow me on a video or anything like that oh i could see um, you doing that on a it would make it, we're doing, so I've got a four-year-old and we we do, I say we, she does uh, Joe Wick's workout every morning. I'm sort of like stood behind her. Whenever she turns around, I'll like pretend yeah, that I'm doing it. it. <laughs> and then like lean against the sideboard with my coffee again, like when she's concentrating on the screen again. Um, Joe Wicks isn't even doing it anymore, mate. I don't know if you've tuned into any of them. He spends, the percentage of time that he spends chatting away and um, messing about with stuff. It's like increased tenfold since that first week when he was well, getting re- Joe, really stuck in. Well, Joe Wicks is not all that good. Um, so he's not bad. There's nothing wrong with him, but just like exactly like comedy or exactly like uh, music, it's not enough to be good. Just being good doesn't guarantee you any success. No. Um, so you also need, you can be very, you need a little bit of luck as well, or it can be sometimes a bit of connections and that kind of thing. And he just happened to stumble on the, uh, the, the little workout and the, the meal plans and stuff early at the got right you. time. And he yeah, yeah. got picked up and stuff, but he's not doing anything different to any other gym instructor up and down the land every day. No, definitely uh, not. But the, no. the online, the online stuff for shows, um, We've uh, we've been sort of just sharing some of the little clips that we've done from shows and that kind of thing. We're not doing live stand-up shows um, just because I I don't think that stand-up really works all that well on a screen. No, uh, so true. There's acts, there's acts that I've had on the stage, and then they do live at the Apollo with the exact same material, 
and you might smile at it, but I, I can't remember a time when I've actually laughed at uh, a TV a TV show with, with stand-up comedy. It doesn't translate that well, and you just can't capture it. Um, and so when you watch any, even the, the, the big comedians and their, um, their stand-up specials and that kind of thing, or a lot of people are putting out on YouTube now, or Next Up is really good for um, seeing people's shows. And they're good, and yeah. they're entertaining, and they're certainly better than not doing anything. But yeah. it doesn't comp- I don't think it compares to being yeah. in a club, well, in that's the atmosphere, a, yeah, seeing the show, seeing the timing, work, bouncing off the audience. It's just an entire, it is a live medium. It is not the same. So I've been watching, them. I, I like a lot of the podcasts. I listen to a lot of the comedians' podcasts. And I have been watching some of the stuff, but I haven't watched a lot of just stand-up because it just never works yeah, the yeah. right way. So the, the comedians that are doing something different. Um, so um, like Jerry Kay's having some sort of meltdown slowly but surely into madness. Uh, I've, I've watched those. I've watched some of Scott Bennett's stuff. has been really good in his shed. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, Harriet Dyer going like a ping pong ball all over the place, just sat chatting to a phone in a car and that kind of thing. And it's just doing something a little bit different or Simon Lomas has been doing some really good things with the uh, learn yeah. to play the guitar. But yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not just stand up. It doesn't work, but it can be funny. And it's something they're just obviously creative people doing something that's funny, but I don't think just doing stand up at your phone works nearly the same way as, as a live show. No. So I've been, yeah, I've, I've put a few bits out and, um, yeah, none of it's been straight stand-up. It's always been, yeah, all of it's been sort of, well, I've had to come up with, like, formats for brand-new shows, basically, you know, to, like, put something out that... Well, the sort of sim- the you think about it, it, yeah. I've been thinking about it like TV. So thinking there's a reason why, you know, TV comedy TV shows aren't just... It doesn't just open with someone going, oh, hi, yeah. Um, well, the panel... All, the all right, should work, we get started they? then? Yeah. <laughs> You know, so so, yeah. just give them a, a, a vehicle to bring out the same jokes that they tell on tour. Yeah. Um, so exactly something that. like um, let Paul Savage and uh, the, guy, the, the guys that do Hell to Play, something like that, that would work really well. Obviously, it's very difficult logistically to get 10 yeah. streams up and stuff, but that kind of thing would work online, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, that's the sort, sort of thing I've been playing with. And like you said, yeah, the, um, the best stuff I've seen has been definitely people coming up with some ideas and, and doing stuff that's a bit different because it, well, there's, there's it yeah that straight medium doesn't quite work there's got to be a reason why it's 45 pound to go and watch eddie Azard, but it's 15 pound to buy a dvd yeah yeah it's true. three times better it's yeah. three times better to see it no, that's a good point that is man um but it's yeah i you know I, I was disappointed to see there being so much knocking of um to start with there was anyway there was a lot of knocking originally of comedians put it like doing stuff online whatever it was they were doing but the uh that's gone that's strange that's got a bit quieter and more and more of the knockers have now started putting out their own stuff as well but um neither you well, or me will, be, will be surprised because... of that hypocrisy within the comedy circuit anyway will be really so yeah uh well, people think that seem i'm i'm always always really shocked and surprised by it, but people think that I'm a very negative person, so I'm probably one of those people. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that stand up is so much better live. It's not that I think it's wrong to put whatever you can online. I think it's better when it's live. And if yeah. it wasn't better when it was live, when this when this lockdown ends, 
it'll be impossible to get comedians because they'll all be busy in front of their in front of their laptop on a Saturday night. Yeah, but I am sure that I will be able to book all those comedians. Yeah, it, it's a it's a different thing, and I think that's where the the misunderstanding almost came in at the start when people started putting stuff out online was a lot of people thinking, oh, they're trying they're trying to do something to take. Well, they are, yeah, they are trying to do something to take the place of not gigging in a club, but they're not trying to completely replicate the experience for the audience or even for themselves of, well, no, of what not, they're doing in the club. The it's, it's not a choice between shall I stay home and watch Scott Bennett from his shed or exactly. tomorrow night shall I go and see him at the Frog and Bucket. Yeah. It's, everyone's doing what they can with the tools that they've got. Yeah. Um, but stand-up comedy is always going to be better live. Yeah. No, it, it's and and that's the thing. That's the buzz, and and probably what has like been like really nice and fresh to hear you talking about, and sort of like the angles from those, you know, the audience point of view and how the club set up, and the thing about you know you have to pre-book and those kind of things. So all those shows that you mentioned that you were going to, where you'd be traveling an hour or however long, you know, from your home to go and visit all different clubs and see different nights is like the groundwork that an awful lot of people don't do. Um, or even when I think when comedians end up running nights and promoting themselves of very rarely looking at it from the audience perspective or not, at least not as much as they, they should be as well. Um, yeah. And, and I think that will obviously, you know, got you a, a good following in Burslem and seems to be doing the the right thing over in Newcastle for you now of building up that loyal thing and yeah like you said you know you need you need a hundred people in there having a good time and it's um that's what it's about at the end of the day isn't it getting the right people in and then yeah your acts will buzz off of it better the atmosphere the better your acts perform and I think that's that, a consequence it, it rolls that... on doesn't it yeah I don't think my motivation has been to give everyone the, the the funnest night that they can have. I'm just quite competitive with things, and I want my place to be the best. Yeah. So, and 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 I know everyone will say it. I I really do think my place is just the the place is so nice. The seats are so good. There's not a bad seat in the place. Everyone gets looked after really well. They can afford the tickets. Our tickets are really cheap. Our bar is really cheap. They can afford it with you know. Um, so, yeah, no, it, no, it is. It's it, it. It sounds like the most simplest formula in the world, but then you know, you know, and I know that it's not. <laughs> not everyone uses that formula. Well, you know, there's plenty of uh, a pallet in the corner of the dog and duck, and people doing comedy at Stan and Dave have just come in for a pint after work, and you know yeah. that kind of thing. I and uh, I, I think that's going to be a consequence of this period of you know inactivity on the the live scene as well and i think that the online stuff that a lot of people have been involved in there's some people obviously will just you know carry on the same way forever won't they because they they have for years before and you know they're a huge great boulder and there's nothing that's gonna knock them off course or, or change their mindset about things but i i think for a lot of the people that I've spoken to and that I've been involved with on, on them doing like live stuff with me or live stuff with other people as well online is it's like really 
seems to have sharpened a lot of people's perceptions as to the way that things should be done and the experience and you know everyone's had this period of time to really think about stuff which yeah i'm not saying it's a good thing that it's happened but unless it had happened well, none of the, the things that have been created during this time would have come into existence. There would have been none of this breathing space almost for people, um, ironically enough. Um, but, you know, to have that time to relook at the way they're doing stuff, to look at, because it's when you're online, it's all about perception and how people view you. And I think when you're gigging night in, night out, you know, coming from the axe point of view, um, you don't really get much time to think or to reconsider what you're doing or to, you know, because the next gig well, comes so, so well. quickly, you can't reinvent yourself between Friday and Saturday night and you're not going to do it between Monday and Tuesday either. You know, there's just no room for it. The problem is as well, while something's working, it must be incredibly difficult to just give it up and risk some new material. So there's plenty of acts out there. And because I'm kind, I won't name any. But there's yeah. plenty of acts out there that are, they're doing the same set now that the first time I ever went to watch stand-up comedy when I was 22 years old. Yeah. Um, and now I'm old. But if that set is making people laugh every Friday and Saturday night and it's paying their bills, then you can see why they're reluctant to, to get rid of a, a bit that they know will work for something that might work for something that they thought well, it's was funny like, on yeah. Wednesday afternoon. Is it still funny on Saturday night? It's like being in a band, isn't it? I, I've always likened being a comedian. That you know, the most similar thing is, you know, being a musician. I think because it's, it, you know, it's something that you've created, and you know, it's your yourself on the line. You know, in the firing line, as such as to, yeah, if how much people enjoy it, and therefore how successful you'll be. And it's, uh, yeah, do you go up on stage and play the the new experimental album? When everyone's like, you know, play that, play that song, you know, start yeah. shouting. I want to do some stuff in the new album. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm trying medicine. to get to. Yeah, that, and that's the bit when everyone goes to the bar or for a cigarette or, yeah. yeah or, I, I, <laughs> I think it's quite similar. I think being a comedian is quite similar to being a boxer in many ways. Right. Um, so there's, uh, I put a thing on my Facebook about this the other day, actually. Uh, so quite a lot of parallels. Uh, every idiot thinks they can do it for a start. Yeah. Um, but the uh, it's sort of like the the audience are, are a bit like an opponent, and the way that comedians psych themselves up before they go out on stage, and there's a lot of um, sort of pre-fight or pre-performance rituals, and oh, these are my lucky socks, and you know all that kind of thing. Um, I think there's quite a lot of parallels, and you are on your own out there. Well, blow me down with a feather if Pullback Reveal don't have a sponsor in the form of JokePit.com, the comedy box office. Oh yes, they are an amazing group of people who predominantly sell tickets for live gigs. Can you remember that? Do you remember when we used to go out and see live comedy? Well, that's what they predominantly do. But they also, during these difficult times, are doing some absolutely sterling work when it comes to promoting comedians still, helping people put some live uh, content out onto social media and streaming stuff and podcast support like they're doing with us now as well which is absolutely amazing you need to check these guys out get yourselves along to jokepit.com to see what they're up to um, for all your 
comedy needs and wants and desires and some stuff you don't even realize you need uh, is on there as well and hey look if you're a promoter or a stand-up yourself and you're looking for someone to do a bit of promoting for you to help you with those ticket sales and with any other content that you've got you know you'd be hard pushed to find a better place to go check them out jokepit.com the comedy box office So thanks very much, Lee. Um, as I said at the top, I really enjoyed that and so nice to talk to someone coming at the industry from obviously that other perspective of paying the rent and the rates and the bills and everything else on an actual business in the industry. Um, really interesting stuff and the, the boxing side of thing, we could have gone into that in huge detail. Uh, Lee's backstory in boxing alone is yeah quite quite remarkable um and what he's been through and where he's come from and we'll save that one for another day but if you're interested enough please do um have a search on him he's all over the internet you can read up on all those stories and uh, i'm sure he wouldn't mind you giving him a wave online so thanks very much for that lee as i said at the top all the links to Ruffle Comedy Club for their socials and the website are in the show notes. You've also got the links through to Pull Back Reveal as well. We'll be back really, really soon. And thanks once again for listening to this. <laughs>